Welcome to MPO Sports Podcast. I'm joined by Aaron. Um, Jeremy will be joining us later and I'm Tim. Um, just want to let everyone know that we are the number one Australian supporters of Borussia Mönchengladbach, Gladback and two of us are now equipped with tops and um, we're just waiting on Jeremy to buy his. How are you going, Aaron? No, I'm going well. Not too bad at all. Happy with the, pro- uh, happy with the pronunciation? Yeah, no, not too bad at all. So I really thought you were going to screw that up, but but you did okay. So yes, no, it certainly did. Uh, all right, well, let's get straight into it. Uh, our run sheet is looking like this: combat sports, AFL, and then a bit around the Baker Mayfield trade in the NFL. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, just not <clears throat> not too many topics tonight, but um, hopefully we we get to a bit of ground with what we've got. Yes, well, combat sport has um, turned into quite an exciting time for Australians that follow um, our compatriots in the very many different um, forms of it and what we have, or disciplines, I should be saying. And um, in particular, we've got a guy possibly knocking on the door by the time he retires for a very quick, swift move into the Hall of Fame, and that is... Mr. Alexander, the great Volkanovsky. Now, Woody, I pose this question because there's been a lot of, you know, critics, mainly Americans, um, prior to his most recent title defence against Max Holloway, um, which I believe he probably did better than um, even knocking Max out with the way the fight went because I think it displayed that there's a big, huge, huge difference in... uh, Technique, skill, strength, the lot. And I think over a five-round match or fight, uh, that was more obvious where it could have given um, Max a bit of a... Oh, it was a lucky punch if it had been a knockout. So what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know what else you can say. It was just as one-sided as it gets, wasn't it? Well, it reminded me of the GOATs the way he dissected Max for the five just, rounds. Um, and that's the way the first fight between the two went as well. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think Alex just uh, confirmed just how big a gap there is between him and the next best at featherweight. Yeah, and look, I don't, even though there's talk of him wanting to potentially go up and challenge for a second title in a different um, weight division, I don't see him permanently leaving where he is neither. I I honestly think he's the sort of guy, the more fights, the better. But for the first time in a long time, he's going to have about a three-month layoff due to a broken thumb, which apparently he gained in the second round of the fight against Max. Yeah, I I don't think broken bones in hands during fights are too uncommon for fighters. So, um, yeah, sure, the news come out that um, he he did break his thumb or... Or a finger, but that, that happens a lot in fights, especially with those four-ounce gloves. Um, the, the fingers tend to take a bit of a beating. But um, still, I can't imagine it would be easy to battle through. Well, I do recall um, probably Australia's greatest um, Australian-born boxer actually defending his title convincingly over 12 rounds after breaking his hands in the third round, both hands, uh, which yep. was Mr. Fennick. So it, it's still a pretty mean feat. Um, to oh, do, absolutely. do it that early in the fight, it'd be very easy to... And looking at the x-ray that um, I forwarded to our chats, it looks like he's well and truly done it properly. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but um, 
you know, they're when the adrenaline's pumping and, and they're in fight mode, um, yeah, they probably sort of can ignore it or push it to the back of their mind for a bit. But um, yeah, he'll he'll need to heal up for a while, I'd imagine. Hundred percent. So, all right, moving on. Um, we did in recent times lose an Australian boxing champion, but on the weekend we gained an Australian boxing world boxing champion in um, the cruiserweight IBF world title. Um, are you are you regular with? Um, the pronunciation of this chap's surname? No, I was actually waiting to get for you to give it a crack and see how you went. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll call him Jay. <laughs> I'd, I'd suggest it, it's Jai Opetea, I reckon. Yeah, I think but, you're um, right. I probably did. I probably did did muck that up a bit, but um, yeah, I'll, yeah. So I'll, he, I'll, um, we're more willing to hand it over to you. So yeah, he he's just captured the uh, IBF. And ring cruiserweight titles, so uh, he moves to twenty-two and O. So uh, he's got quite a few knockouts in those uh, twenty-two wins as well. I think there's only about three or four decisions. So uh, no, no, there you go. Seventeen knockouts from twenty-two wins. So uh, yeah, he's uh, knocking down anyone that comes up against him. And he did beat uh, Maurice Brightus, but. Um, this guy's no slouch either. The heavyweight champion, Alexander Usyk, um, he's he's actually lost to to this guy before. So um, that was at cruiserweight as well. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's definitely no slouch and it's a massive scalp. And he bro- had a broken jaw very early on in the fight. I think it was about second yeah, in round. Yeah, second or third round again, mm. yeah. But um, yeah, and, so, and that's probably even worse than hands in the respect that you're going to get hit in the face and you've already got a broken jaw. Yeah, that's right. And um, I don't know if you saw the post-fight interview, but he tried he to talk in the ring and it could. didn't really have it. It was very incoherent. But um, yeah, I don't think he cares. He's got the world title, so I don't and, think he really cares what he sounded like. And, and in fairness, I, I don't think that was punch drunk. That was just literally couldn't move the jaw. So Yeah, that's right. Um, um, I haven't seen like... Um, Volkanovski, he released the, um, he posted on his social media, yeah, the um, x-rays of his thumb, but I didn't see anything of the likes from Jai. No, um, and look, Jeff Fenix a big fan of Australian boxers, but um, Jeff was in a bit of a mood of I told you so, but when he won. Um, so I think um, a lot of our pundits over here actually were, reasonably confident and it would seem made all sense being confident. Yeah, he, he told you all, didn't he, that he was going to win it? He did and he loves you all. All right. Well, we've we've been joined by Ballarat's Geelong's number one supporter um, and he'd be a happy man after they actually made um, Melbourne look hardly even a VFL team at Cadinia Park. Um, well, yes, quarter, anyway. hello, lads. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, yes, I was. I, I, look, I was pleased with the victory, but um, supporting supporting Geelong the last ten years, I know better than to get carried away with them <clears throat> in away wins. But in fairness, from what I've seen, Geelong choked the guts out of um, Melbourne in the last quarter, and that's... yeah, they did. I think the the way they went about it was probably the most compelling thing than anything else. They, they actually decided to try and get the ball quick down to the blokes that could win the game for them, which they which they haven't done of uh, latter years. 
Um, had Jeremy Cameron in the midfield, which uh, proved a proved a good move in the end. Yeah. And Robert, oh. Robert, even though we kicked nineteen behind, <clears> we <throat> kicked a deep score without the, the three big forwards or our three major goal kickers really contributing. So, I it also been a much bigger win had they kicked straight. Oh, should have been. Yeah, no doubt. When you got seven more um, scoring shots, or whatever it was. I'll yeah, take it off in a bit of a tangent there, though. But um, what do what do we read from Melbourne the last six weeks? Well, can and, I just? Uh, I was just going to say, just in that game in particular, it showed for me Melbourne's Achilles' heel um, with certain players, and I'll jump on the bandwagon. Fritch playing selfish football. Selfish football will not win a team a flag. So if they want to get back-to-back flags, they need to get rid of that bullshit out of their game, in my opinion. I think, I think that's, I one of, that's one of maybe many reasons. I think I, it's, I think it's a mentality. And, we're talking about them and back-to-back flags. I think we're probably a fair way off the market because at the moment I'd have um, Geelong and Brisbane ahead of them. Um, and Frio could probably not, not too far off the mix there. So they're slowly... Sliding from you know when we went back to around eleven and twelve as you know the odds on favourite to maybe even fourth in line, and there might have been a bit of a switch because they used to be a bad year on an odd year and a good year on an even year. Maybe because they had a good year on an odd year last year, maybe they've switched it, flipped it around one eighty. Um, I don't think winning your first ten games means you flipped it around one eighty. So just and who did they play in? There. Who did they play in the first ten games? Really. They they played who was in front of them and they yeah won. but who so, did they play where that's where, all you where, can where, do. where are those teams currently where's the bulk of those week. teams currently that they played in the first ten rounds are they in the eight yeah I think they've teams? beaten th- I, no, I think they've beaten three teams that are in the eight currently thank you but there's not <clears> there, there's not who which team in the eight has got a um, exemplary record against the other teams in the eight I think it, it's showing that the top half of the ladder is actually pretty even yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 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 it's tight. Like, uh, just as I'm not getting away, getting carried away with the Geelong winning, I'm also not jumping straight off Melbourne for losing. And and let, let's be let's be honest, it was at Scumbag Stadium. So yeah, yeah. playing you're, you're going to playing put that at GMHBO into the Stadium. Yeah, you, playing you, at GMHBO Stadium in the <coughs> in, in the wet in July. Um, as long as much as you would like it to be, it's not a final and a night game at that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but put all that aside. So they did start. They started ten and O, um, and since then they've gone two and four. So um, there's there's definitely cause for concern. I think that I think their forward line is misfunctioning and or dysfunctional. And, should I say? I think I don't think, no... I don't think Brown. I don't think Brown and Brown and Fridge. They're really missing Tom McDonald. There's um, no one there to really lead the line. There's no obvious focal point, is there? Oh, and there wasn't last year, and they won the premiership in the canter. So let's not pretend that's just the be-all and end-all. That's going to work. But uh, I think missing Tom McDonald or that third sort of lead-up target, um, probably it's a roll-on effect to <coughs> maybe heap it, put a bit more pressure on the likes of Fritch and Ben Brown. Did I mean, Tim said before about Fritch being selfish, but... Um, is that is it him being selfish or is it him trying to fill that void 
to a degree well, as well. Um, could could you what's your example of him getting being selfish, Tim? Can you can, can you give us a snippet of something in the game? Well, well, no offense. Any, anyone that actually watched the game would have seen in the last quarter when he did the dribble kick. And he actually had a simple hand pass over the top of the Geelong defender to a player running into the goal square. I call I that selfish. That. I, I, call, that. He had, I call that he selfish had a, every day of the week. That you are correct, and that, and, and I did one I did moment. Mention, I didn't mention that at the time while I was watching. I said he had a man in the goal square there. It might be one moment, Woody, but it's, it shows a mindset under under certain circumstances, well, and I'm that, sure and that mindset is not team orientated. I'm sure he'll be alerted to it, and I'm sure they'll look at the tape. And next time he's in that position, he might, he might. Yeah, it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's time to jump off him, but um, definitely, definitely reason to be cautious. I think we're overlooking the fact that um, quite often when you're chasing, it's easier. This year they're being chased, and some teams yeah. handle the being chased better than others. So this is the challenge for Melbourne at the moment. Are, are they really going to be able to handle being chased? Well, well there's they're still there's still six or seven games left of the regular season, so they've got time to get their shit together, don't they? Well, you knew even only I can only talk about my own club in their dominant years when they were winning premierships and they were winning a lot of home and away games at the same time. Every team they come against, the team they were <coughs> against, it was their it was their game of the year, so they're getting absolutely ten thousand percent out of every team that they're playing. Yep. Because because they're up to up the top because they're hunted and, and some and Mel- some clubs handle that better than others and this is the challenge for Melbourne. It's a challenge. That's right. They haven't <clears> done it yet. Um, it's it's a challenge. They won they won their first flag in fifty seven years. So kudos to them. Um, and hopefully it's their last flag for another fifty seven years, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> let's not be uh, <clears throat> let's not be biased one way or the other. But, oh, um, I'm happy to be biased on that because. Um, the usual pattern of behaviour is happening from a lot of the social media chats and that when you see Melbourne supporters get on board and you'd think that they've won 10 in a row with the way some of them react. And I know that's a natural thing for most idiots whose team win a, win a grand final. I get that. But at the moment, they're, in my opinion, the poison. So that's just how it is. Well, they're still the premiers until they lose it. And, that's um, right. Um, as of as of last as of last September October or whatever it was, um, as of then when they won the flag, they have every right to to gloat. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that gloating may stop. However, it doesn't mean so that it's not painful. I'm sorry. So we're talking no, about you have to like it. No, that's right. we're talking about <clears throat> having question marks over them. Um, their next three weeks, Port Adelaide. Where's that at? At the MCG. No, well, they should win. No, that. sorry, not the MCG. Not the <coughs> MCG. That must be. No, it's that's, up in T.O. Stadium and down. That's um in Alice Springs. Sorry. Well, that's probably um, anyone's game. Oh, that's yeah. right. Um, and then they play the Bulldogs at Marvel. Bulldogs. They play. Could, Bulldogs could be a danger at Marvel for them. I think so. Then Frio. The dogs. They they play Frio in Perth. That's a danger for sure. Um. Then they play Collingwood at the MCG. Who are flying? And and we know there'll be a lot of black and white. There'll be a lot of black and white toothless toothless morons in the crowd. So that's going to be another factor. Um, (laughs) And then, and then they've got Carlton at the MCG. 
Well, yes. Well, there's another team too that we need to look at their run because I think they're coming to a couple of difficult games. Well, too. we'll do that next, and then they've got um, Brisbane in round twenty-three. So that's Where, um, where's Brisbane? Is that up there? That's that's it at the Gabba. Yeah, that is yeah. a tough run home from Melbourne, isn't it? And people are saying St Kilda have got a tough run. Jeez, um, there's, look, it, is it unrealistic to suggest that Melbourne only win two or three of them on on form? On current form, um, even money so, bet. Even those money teams back, current will, form. Those, team, those <coughs> teams may, may well trouble them, yeah. That's right. So you wouldn't confidently put money on Melbourne to win any of those, would you? I would, no, well, rather than confidently putting money on them, I wouldn't say they're all lay down bazettes. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Um, so, you know what? If they manage to finish in the top two after that run, then they absolutely deserve it, don't they? All right, so we we were we do have listed to discuss how we think the top four will pan out. I think we've given a bit of a critique on Melbourne. Um, I am interested to see Woody's opinion on um, Carlton's next month because I think they've well, got a couple um, of challenges. So let's hear that just, first. Yeah, so I'll quickly just run through they've got. So West Coast this weekend over and in Perth, which West Coast is no could, gimme. I was going to say West Coast are probably this had been the first half dozen rounds. I would have said yeah, Carlton no, give me. Coast, West Coast are getting their act together. West I, Coast, think, right. I still think Carlton will win that game. West Coast are um, looking good and they're getting troops back. So this is a danger game. Um, and then Geelong um, next weekend. That'll be good. That'll be a nice challenge for the Cats. Uh, yeah. Where's that? Uh, where's that game at? That's the MCG. the MCG. Okay. And yep. then we go to Marvel against <clears throat> the Giants. Um, away to Adelaide. That could be also um, a slightly dangerous game if you don't depends go there. Depends Adelaide shows up. That's right. Yeah, but it also depends which... I think that's more... Yeah, that's right. It, it, you never know which, which team's going to show up for that's both right. of them. So. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it depends which Carlton turns up because they could very well turn up and be handbaggers and it could be a, yep. a difficult game. Yep. And <clears throat> Brisbane at the Gabba, Melbourne at the MCG and finish off with Collingwood. So I don't know why everyone's been saying St Kilda's got a hard run home when I'm, I've heard those two Melbourne teams. And, Melbourne and Carlton, Carlton don't have yeah. it easy, do they? I think um, so, it, you're telling, you're tell, there's a lot of teams that, have quite a quote unquote a hard run home. I think that speaks to the evenness of the competition. Yeah, that's right. And we'll qu- you mentioned St Kilda, so we'll mm-hmm. quickly run through them. And they've just re-signed Brett Ratton for another couple of years. So well um, deserved. Yep, definitely earned that. So they've got um, Freo this week um, in Melbourne. The Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yep. So neither of those you could potentially see them drop both of those. You could also um, potentially see them win both those. I think they're both fifty yep. fifties. And then they go to West Coast. <coughs> they go over and play West Coast in Perth. So that's yep. another tough game, potentially. Um, then they, then they got the Hawks, go the Hawks after that one, haven't they? Hawks, which they yep, locked them in for that one. Um, then Geelong, in Geelong. And then Brisbane at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they finish up with the Swans at Marvel. So both <coughs> these three teams have a really tough run. And you've got the teams, like St Kilda's just outside the eight. So... Um, if they're good enough, they'll make it, and if they're not good enough, they'll drop out of it. I'll, so, I'll make a prediction for this round. Um, I can see Carlton dropping to West Coast, and the Saints win by a point against Fremantle. May not be enough to get them into the eight, though. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with your Fremantle game. I reckon the Saints can get them. But, uh, being at, no, being at Marvel, and we did beat them when they were playing good football over in Perth as well. 
I, I, I back Carlton to beat West Coast. So, so knowing, let's not, knowing get, let's not let's not get carried away with the West Coast. No, knowing what we know, so let's I'll quickly run through <coughs> the top eight: Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane, Frio, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, Sydney. Um, that's with most of those teams with still games to play. And then just outside the eight, we've got St Kilda on percentage and Bulldogs a game back, and then Suns are a game further back. So it's probably. Probably down to the tenth that is still a chance. Uh, but I um, think the Bulldogs season this round though, because they got Sydney and Sydney. Yeah, if St Kilda, all the all the Bulldogs, or both of them drop, jump in, who drops out? I'm actually I'm going to make a prediction, and you're not going to like to hear this, Woody, but I can see when you're relying on that Muppet McKay to kick goals, and he tries to do friggin' snapshots from 50 meters out. Um, yep. I could actually see that um, Carlton may finish eighth or ninth. Yep, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think, especially going through the run that we just had of how they they, yep. they get home, um, there might only be two or three more wins potentially in there. And is that going to be enough? That could that, that could all change. Like beat, beat West Coast and um, and if you and if you get up against Geelong next week, the conversation changes completely. Well, let, let's be honest. If if Sydney beat the Bulldogs and then um, Frio beat St Kilda, and we beat West Coast, then we open up that gap to mm. um, that gap to the Bulldogs. Then becomes two uh, three games. It, so, it, it actually it actually so um, that would that would as as Tim said that's that's the bulldog season over there. Yep, and the thing yeah. is too, Woody, um, you could almost say it's an eight point game for Carlton, somewhat. Yeah, as, as as that stupid saying goes. Um, but further on with with which team may drop out, I'm thinking with who's in the eight at the moment. The only two I see potentially dropping out for a team to go in uh, would be. Your mob, Carlton, or maybe Richmond? No, I think Richmond are probably more likely see, to drop I'd, up a couple I'd, of spots and drop down a couple of spots. I'd, I'd reckon Sydney Sydney will drop out before Richmond I'd, do. I'd, yep, I think, I think no Sydney, dusty. And Carlton, Sydney and Carlton are the uh, <coughs> actually, two I like teams that would be in most danger. Actually. Yeah, I think Sydney and Carlton are in danger of dropping out um, ahead of the other teams in the eight. No, I'll, I'll go um, different, that I being think, Richmond. If, uh, well, yeah, depends what happens this week. But Gold Coast are a very good chance, aren't they? Mm. And um, how long's Dusty out for? A couple of weeks, I think. It'd be two at least. But they'll I take think. a cautious approach with him. I would, I would reckon coming <coughs> to the business end. So of let's year. let's say hypothetically he's out for three games. If they were to drop those three games because they're tight games, and he would normally be the difference. Um, they're all of a sudden in a lot of hurt, so anything can happen. Yeah, but th- this is how tight it is. Though. They drop, they drop this game next this week, and Bulldogs win, and then the Bulldogs probably jump them on percentage. Um, but if Richmond win and the Bulldogs lose, um, then the gap to them is two games. So, I mean, d- the the landscape can can change. Like we're having this chat on a Friday night, um, we have this same chat <laughs> Monday night, mm-hmm. um, and the landscape could be completely different. Okay. Precisely. And then after that, I think Richmond have got North Melbourne and they got Hawthorne. So, so even be, if they lose, it would be the end week, of the world for them if they, if they didn't beat the Gold Coast. They don't have to beat Gold Coast this week, but Bulldogs have to win, don't they? Yeah. Mm. As, as we said, it's definitely a, um end of season game for the Bulldogs. Um, and that, that Bulldogs game is what, about five minutes from kicking off. So, yeah. um, right, so, so quickly, we've we sort of discussed the you know, eighth position. 
What's your prediction for the top four in order before we move on to the next little bit? Um, I think Geelong stay top. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Geelong, Brisbane, Melbourne, Fremantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you with Geelong potentially finishing on top because they've got a few games at Scumbag Stadium coming up. So that's going to really set them in good stead to stay there now that they're there. Um, I, I'm like you, I, but I reckon you could throw a blanket over Brisbane or Fremantle for second, and probably fourth will be Melbourne. I don't see. Well, I, I think Geelong's Geelong's <clears throat> clearly the best side right now, um, and I think I've got Brisbane just ahead of the other two, and then you ca- there's not much between Melbourne. This is going to kill me to say it. Geelong are currently the best coach team. I'm not going to argue that. Uh, look, we're amongst friends here, so we haven't got any um, any biased Hawthorne haters or anything with us. So we can actually <laughs> we are we are actually allowed to acknowledge uh, Chris Scott and his coaching. Oh, look, yeah. I, I've I've grown fond of him over the last probably two years. I think he's he handles the media better than what he ever did. Um, yeah. and he's a lot more open and he's a lot more welcoming, and I think that's great. I think you, you judge you judge um, teams, coaches, players, whatever, on how they either don't meet or exceed your expectations. And given the fact that for the last six, seven years we've been expecting Geelong to slide and they still haven't, I think that speaks volumes for Chris Scott as a coach. Well, yep. I'll, well I'll, I'll ask you this question. Okay, okay. so we've gotten the prelims and grand finals and not quite saluted. That, that's put a hand up, fair. Would we have got to that position in the first place at all? Without if we didn't have if we didn't have Scotty in charge. No, very very good question, and I'm going to lean towards no as well. Um, I will say one thing: I was one of his doubters when he walked into basically a team that was always going to be thereabouts in his first year and got the flag. Um, but no, that's, that's overrated. No, no, no. That but ta- that take that take. May, may, may I finish? Please, instead of being rude and that, right? But over time, I've, he's like a bottle of wine. He's matured, and I think it's for the better. So there you he go. Also, um, yeah, well, uh, he also, in the COVID years, he basically took a year without pay and went and still went to work. So yeah. yep. you, can right. see why, you, you can see why Geelong will keep extending him as, as long yep. as he wants to Yep, talk. yep, cool, cool. All right, um, we love you, Chris. Maybe one day you might want to be on our podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, for, yeah, for sure. Our contacts sort of gone missing in action, so I don't know if that'll ever happen. That might have been all hype. Um, we're, we're, we've had the 10-minute warning for this um, first half, so let's get into the North thing. I've got North listed. Um, all right, hit me. You're the one, Woody, to put it on there. What do you want to talk about North? I think they're not uh, worth talking about myself, but anyway. Well, well, <laughs> I think they are because it doesn't matter what year it is or what sport it is. There's two teams that that get talked about more than most others, really, and that's the best team and the worst team. Um, North Melbourne are by far the worst team. Um, and I think at the moment, do they, they don't actually have a recruiting team, um, can, can, as can far we, as I'm aware. Can we just say, though, why are you saying they're the worst team? Honourable mention to Essendon. Continue. Oh, no, Essendon... I don't think, you, I don't think you can compare week. the two just quietly. As much as you'd love yeah. to, because you hate Essendon, and I would too, <laughs> I really don't think we can compare the two. 
No, I said I said honourable mention. But anyway, Tim's Tim's got his uh, Tim's got his North Melbourne jersey on tonight. By the way, yeah, that's right. I've got me Bobby Boucher. Audio medium. SC LSU Mud Dogs. Yes, the Mud Dogs. Thanks for clarifying that, Woody. And hey, Woody, just before you go, mate, um, on with what you're going to say, Jeremy. Just for you, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Anyway, continue. Um, never, never a um, bad podcast when they get mentioned, so that's good. Um, I just, they just seem directionless, North Melbourne. Um, they, they, what's to like about them? Um, they just, they got the number one pick and he's been underwhelming at best. He's, um, Coming back from injury through the VFL. And he's uh, packed up his footy boots and told them to suck eggs a couple of times, hasn't he? And that's right. There's a there's a big talk that he might be looking to head back to Adelaide already. <laughs> uh, so Woody, Woody, I'm gonna Woody, I'm gonna throw a few names at you. Um Jaden Stepherson, Jed Anderson, Bailey Scott, <clears throat> um Hugh Greenwood, uh, Paul Curtis, Kane Turner. Uh, Kristen Cherry, Zerha. Uh, what what comes to mind when I think of those names is it vanilla? Underwhelming. Zerha's yeah. maybe yeah. the exception. He he's looked good at times, but um, the rest of them. They, they, and this is the. This is their next crop of players that should be taking the team forward. You know, you know Woody, what's the, the team, problem? You know what the problem is with those players? Cunnington is still better than them. Well, that's what I was going to. I wasn't going to say that exactly, but um, this is meant to be the young crop. This is the, <clears throat> the guys that brought in. Um, Greenwood's obviously a little bit older. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but he'd probably have to be about maybe I don't know, 27, something like that. Um, so he's meant to be the experienced they're, leader they're that's coming, two. and he's not doing it. Um, they they pick two. Who do they take in the draft? Pick two. Uh, Will Phillips, who they who they didn't have to take, they could have taken the likes of Logan McDonald instead. Mm-hmm. Now, bad luck to him, and we're all thinking of him because he's out for the season with glandular fever. But that is a selection bungle. Yep. If I'm putting it mildly, so that sort yeah. of stuff, that sort of stuff is keeping North Melbourne without. But I mean, those those players that you mentioned, um, that they're who they've obviously recruited via the draft, free agency, trade, whatever. Um, well, they got Callum Coleman-Jones from um, Richmond as well. And yeah, to play, to play he, reserves. And he can't get a game. Um, so the guys that they're bringing in um, as the, the leaders, I suppose, for the next five or six years just aren't up to standard. So they've got these guys in with a, maybe a vision of a five-year plan. But given that they've all failed, um, to meet expectation, it's probably put them back another three or four years because now they've got to go and get a new young crop of players that can take them forward for the five years after they take the next three years to develop. So realistically, but where does that? Where if is we're that basing it on those, if we're basing on that time frame that I've just given, we're honestly seven or eight years <clears> away from North Melbourne being competitive again. Yeah, maybe longer. Who's who's, who's responsible? Is it Ben Amafio? Is it the president? It's, uh, uh, do all those people need to be well, replaced, basically? I think the they whole- do because, as I, as I mentioned before, they don't have a recruiting team or they don't have many staff in that recruiting team. So um, that's 
that's the fault of the higher ups. So um, David Noble obviously hasn't been been the coach that they thought he would be. They tried to take a leaf out of Brisbane's book with Fagan there. Well, you failed miserably. You, as well. you wouldn't. You wouldn't just review the football department. It's got to be the whole club because the whole club's it's a rebel. Absolutely everything. Mm. If there's if. If you're, say, well, they've announced that they're having a review. If you're <clears> reading that review um, and you're going into it, who who could be confident that their job's safe? I think Greg, Greg, Walsh, Greg Walsh has basically come in to oversee the footy department and do it. I'm going to say there's no one at that club, regardless of whether on-field, off-field, wherever they are, that should um, have their position guaranteed. Oh, I think the club doctor's right, but um, outside of that... Um Outside of specialists like medical team or something like that, you'd and say everyone's right. in trouble. Unless but, someone yeah, okay. cuts a mean orange. Um, okay, let's say yeah. let's say you sack you sack David Noble, right? Which all things according to that's what, what that's what they're going to do. They, all right, they go and saw, they go and seek out Adam Simpson, and Adam Simpson's like, no, I'm committed to West Coast. <clears throat> all right, let's let's go try our favourite son, maybe John Longmire. Maybe he'll want to come down. No thanks, um, I'm quite happy here at Sydney. Um, Alistair Clarkson, who's out of contract at the moment, um, who, who loves the club still. What's and the appeal for him? Player, um, if you were him, <clears throat> you wouldn't you wouldn't even look in North Melbourne's direction. What's the you? appeal for him? Um, you mentioned Adam Simpson before. Um, were we guaranteed that his job's safe beyond this year at West Coast? Yeah, anyway? I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but what's the appeal for someone like Alistair Clarkson right. to go to North Melbourne? I'm suggesting this, guys. Let's leave that as the thought. Let's take a break. At the other side of the break, Jeremy answer that question, and then that will lead into our next topic. So we'll um, see everyone on the other side of this break. Well, we're back from a lovely break. I believe Jeremy's knocked over um, six um, craft beers while we've been waiting to. Uh, but while you're at, while you're the, while you're <clears> on the <throat> subject of knocking over, I RIP to my uh, my new little creatures beer, which is by the way a um, <clears throat> a uh, drag, dragon fruit pineapple smoothie hazy IPA uh, of six percent, which I which I actually did like literally knock over. And it poured right out of my cup. So RIP to my beer. Um, I'm, uh, I, I've resorted back to the old stomping ground uh, pale ale, which is not quite as nice. Indian pale ale. Um, the uh, the uh, the dragon fruit the dragon fruit pineapple smoothie high hazy IPA with an Indian pale ale. Mm-hmm. See, so just just, just so just so the listeners know, um, Jeremy is a happily married man that has a love affair with craft beer. So that's the other woman in his life is craft beer from usually Dan Murphy's, and um, loves spending. Get it to Uncle Dan. Yeah, he loves getting his half dozen with the twenty five percent off or whatever it is. Yes, yes, I don't mind. Uh, there actually are <laughs> more cans of that um, <clears throat> that uh, little creature smoothie stuff, but. It, Sometimes it goes to the back of my fridge and I open it up and it's frozen, which isn't a good thing. 
<laughs> no, no. Um, if you're going to have a frozen beverage of some form, I'd stick to Coke. But anyway, um, let, let's get back into it. Enough. Uh, hey, actually, little creatures, if you want to sponsor this um, podcast, Jeremy would happily give it a plug every hour. Uh, I, I look, because they'd be sympathetic <clears throat> to me uh, spilling my beer. So if they want to hook me up with some more of that, uh, some more of that uh, blended stuff, I'd be more than happy to oblige. Awesome. All right, so just before we went on break, um, I think the question from Woody was posed to you, Jeremy, um, about uh, Miss, Mr. Clarkson in North Melbourne. So do you want to um, hit him up with that again, Woody, just to get it back going before we yeah. hit, hit that topic of Clarkson anyway? Yeah, just because I, I can't imagine that anyone would expect that David Noble's going to keep his job beyond this year. What is the appeal if... if um, North Melbourne, say, throw the, a blank checkbook at him. Um, what's the appeal for him? It doesn't matter how much amount of money. <coughs> what is the appeal of taking on this North Melbourne? Well, job? he's not going to throw. He's not going to throw his coaching credibility into that club, is he? <coughs> Wouldn't have thought so. <coughs> he's just not. And uh, the, well, with uh, yeah, Ratton resigning, Stuart Jew getting an extension. The jobs are closing up thick and fast. He'll be at one or two clubs. Yeah, yeah, but if if you're Clarko, are you you desperate to hop into the first job that comes up? No, no, I'm saying I I believe you'll be at one or two clubs, but um, one being... I believe one of them may be Essendon. Correct, and the other one will be GWS. Um... (sighs) I've heard that he may not be really keen on moving to Sydney. I, I, yeah, that's right. I think the only thing that will um, not get that over the line is because it's in Sydney. Yeah. But anyway, time will tell. The GWS job would be much more appealing than the North Melbourne job. You, Correct. Uh, could, you reckon the AFL would give him some financial encouragement to... Go to North Melbourne? No, or GWS, you mean? Yeah. Um, every chance, yep. They may, they may also, though, um, be thinking um, at trying to throw a bit extra coin to help North Melbourne if they do get rid of their uh, coach. Yeah, but they, they are a tried, rabble. They've, look, they've tried helping North Melbourne for years and years now. This is, <clears> at what point do you give up? What point do you say, look, sort it out yourselves? Or do they... Just, so does Gillen go into... Dylan storm into North Melbourne and say... All right, you can have a priority pick, but you sort you sort this mess out. You can have a priority pick, but you're moving to Tassie. Well, that that's the other thing is um, the AFL risk getting this whole state of Tasmania offside if they relocate North Melbourne there permanently, because I believe the state themselves have got the vision of their own brand new team. And yeah, I think that's what Tasmania want. They don't want another yeah, team going down. That's right. Uh, they've, they've already got a bit of flirtation from Hawthorne and North Melbourne, and that flirtation can stay there, but I think they want their own dinky-dye yeah. brand-new team. Yeah. And if I, was, if, I was, if, I was the, if I was the AFL, I'd be furious with North Melbourne. I would too. They're, they're clearly not self-sufficient. So they're basically at the moment they're basically a buy. What, <coughs> they're what? actually they're actually probably more of a financial liability than Gold Coast right now. Yeah, but I pose the question with the Melbourne forty nine. Well, forty nine their percentage with the Melbourne based teams when we talk them financially viable. 
Melbourne-based team, so it doesn't mean Geelong, so don't get all Nancy Jez. Um, realistically, outside of three of the big four, who are really financially viable out of the Melbourne-based teams, really? So outside of your Collingwood, Richmond and Essendon, who really are financially viable? Carlton well, the are on the, doggies Carlton are on the up. The doggies Melbourne St Kilda still rely on support from the AFL. And Carlton mm-hmm. in recent times have as well. Um, they're not. There's not the big four they used to be. Carlton, was, have, Carlton have always had the. Carlton have always had the base there. Yeah, but I'm talking financially. Carlton have never been the same financial base since they left Optus Oval to play at uh, Marvel or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Are the, <clears throat> do you think are the Pratt still putting money into Carlton? You think? I believe oh, I Mrs. Pratt is. Quite a few backers, yeah. yeah, Mrs. Pratt is. Um, and they're sure. not. Let, look, they're not the they're not the only club who have coterie groups. Or no, that's right. No, but that is. but they lost out big when they decided to. And you can thank um, what was his name? Polo. Um, Polo for this. Ian Collis, Yep. You can thank thank him because he's. Um, conflict of interest with being in charge of Marvel or Etihad or whatever yep. it was at the time. Oh, whatever it was at the time. That, yeah, was, he, that was the icy on the cake after the um, salary cap saga. He, he sold them out. I think the, the AFL wanted that. The AFL pushed Colo to make the decision. But that never I don't think it took much of a push, though. No, I think he he's was vested interest. Over in his pocket the whole time. That's right. That and was he, a conflict he, of interest. That, correct. That, that deal should have never been allowed <coughs> to happen. In fact, he should never have been able to be a president of a club with having that job. That was a of massive a conflict clear, of interest. Clear conflict of interest. And the other thing is they ne- they knew that's another reason why they possibly went hard at him too on the salary cap stuff as well, um, was they wanted Jack Elliott out. Yep. Um, because Jack never would have moved from Optus Oval. Probably here's unlikely. A, here's a question. You see in US sports all the time, right? <clears throat> it, clubs are like privately owned. They're owned by mm-hmm. one man. Mm-hmm. Um, say the Tasmanian team or franchise was just owned by one person. Could you see that working? No. Yep, and I, I can see it working. And I, I can also seeing it become um, standardised across the league. Mm. They've tried. They tried it um, with Edelston, with Sydney. They tried it with yep. the Brisbane Bears. I just don't. How long ago? Thirty years yeah, ago. But, Thirty-five but, years ago. But but Woody, you're talking about a population of twenty-two million versus. How, is it a hundred million in the US? I, mean, no, what's I think the, it's a couple of hundred million. Yeah, it's, 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 it's economies of scale. It's not going to work in Australia, I'm afraid. There's not, no, I, I there's think, not the coin. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. Yeah, well, I think it, it won't because it's just but economies I see of the point. I see the, 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 <clears throat> the point you're making. Um, you can probably look towards the A-League as that, that being a failure, having the privately owned clubs. Um. But I want to get back on track a little bit with the coaching and whatever. So let's let's assume Adam Simpson loses his job. Um, GWS looking for a coach. North Melbourne will be looking for one. Um, potentially Essendon, but I don't. I probably see them giving Rutten one more year unless we can scratch. Clarkson we can scratch, Adam, really... scratch Adam Simpson out. Scratch Adam Simpson out because he's been basically given the backing for the next few. All years. right. So here, here's a question then, right? We so know, we've got two jobs available. All right, and we know yep. Clarkson's probably going to end up with a job next year, right? So take him out of the equation. For we a sure. Second. We sure he's going to end up with a job. Well, I reckon he is. 
Where I reckon he is. North Melbourne. I reckon he's just going to take one. the first I job think, that comes up. I, I'm I actually, I'm, be, I'm, I'm bullish on um, the Essendon stuff. He's that good. He's that good, and he's probably still getting paid by Hawthorne. He's, he's, he, 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 like, he's that good. He doesn't have to. He doesn't actually have to take a job. I this think year. you know what? I, you can't. <clears throat> I, I'm sort of with Tim here. You can't rule him out at Essendon because Essendon's list is better than what Rutten's made it look like. Yeah, 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 this is his first year in charge. If <clears throat> if Essendon, if Clarkson approaches Essendon and says I'm available, um, you you just tell um and and the, his bags, and, and, and the other thing is too, how many of these transition into coaching um situations have actually worked? Two, and, and you know the one thing they've got in common, Paul Ruse. Correct, and that's. Funny you say that. That's possibly the man, even though we know he probably doesn't want to coach again, but North Melbourne are that big of a cluster, you know, screw, that maybe the AFL need to say to him on the side, we might need your help here to get North Melbourne sorted over a yeah, four-year period. Think, I don't think he'd be in a head coaching role, though. No, no but I think he's done. He could be like, he could be a footy manager, maybe. And have a heavy influence on the coach. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think you'd be a senior coach. But yeah, we've seen, as Tim said, though, we've seen these succession plans trialed a few times, but the only two that have worked are Longmire and Goodwin, and they both had Paul Ruse before him. Is Paul Ruse even living in the country at the moment? I, oh, I've got uh, no idea what he's doing, yeah. but I, I think he's too far removed from the game now. He was, he, he was doing manshake ads. Yeah, his wife is from the States, so you might spend time between here and there. And there's actually a comparison between himself and Mr. Clarkson is they have a, a, a love for the way Americans do sport. Yes, they do. Um, but unfortunately, I think we probably take the wrong aspects of American sport and put them in our game mm-hmm. rather than the right ones. That's a whole. That's a whole other podcast. That's sorry. that's about seventeen hours worth of podcast right there, isn't it? And there's no way known I would give you the red light or the rubber stamp to do seven hours on that. So um, I just want to quickly throw something at you. So, in far as coaching goes, so the GWS job is vacant. Who's the front runners, or or who do you think's going to be? James Hurd obviously is going to be in the mix. So, so do we? All right. So, so take take Clark out of the occasion. Who's yep, the front runner? So. Who, who's the front runner minus Clarko? Um, I have a left field one that's probably not on too many people's radar, but I'll let you two blokes go first. You go, Jez. I'm um, doing some um, admin. Oh, you could you could possibly see maybe the Adam Kingsley might be yep. due for a job. Um, Blake Carousella will probably have his name bandied about again. Yep. Blake, Blake Carousella. There'll be, that's, um, who there else was it? There was, oh, who was it? Um, <coughs> well, there was someone who become <coughs> a late, late, um, a late candidate for the Carlton job as well, but I can't think. He may have had a connection to Melbourne off the top of my head. I can't remember who it was, though. But um, I think the guy that <coughs> spent the last 10 or 11 years at um, – Geelong as an assistant and then jumped over to Perth this year would be worth chatting to. Is that Manny Knights? It's Matthew Knights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you could do a lot worse than him. Yeah. Um, well, he deserves <laughs> another go. Um, and he he probably got oh, he was uh, got sacked a little bit before Voss, didn't he? Before Voss got his sack 
looked at um, Brisbane. Who's, so who's he's it? definitely worth another go. Um, they're good, they're, I have it. I do have it on word that they are going to let Mark McBay put a pitch about the job. Okay. Now, just quickly, who was the um, Don Pike is still in the mix too. I've heard his name bantered okay, for potentially yeah. going to GWS as well. I think you um, might have to look at Brenton Sanderson again, see if he wants to coach again. Uh, Geelong, did... Geelong hat for two <clears throat> seconds. Um, would Matty Scarlett at GWS be the most fanciful idea in the world? I don't rate I, him as a human I, being. I don't know about coaching. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know much about him as a coach, to be honest. Where's he been since he retired? How, oh, he's been at <clears throat> GWS for a couple of years now, hasn't he? No, no. Jimmy oh, Bartels... Jimmy Bartel's been at the GWS. Oh, he's like Jimmy he's Bartel, like in, as a director. Yeah, director oh, of football. Yeah. He's director of football or something, isn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Um, where's Matty Scarlett then? Where's he? Is he? Is, or is he? Is Scarlett? Is he at Sydney? Yeah, because he, he like he moved on from Geelong. I'm not sure if he's <coughs> uh, in AFL circles. Okay, well that probably rules him out. Um, but yeah, I think there's. Do you think GWS would go with a, a previously tried coach, or would they go for a new coach? I reckon they need someone that's proven um, with a good win loss ratio. But some of the guys that get sacked obviously don't have that. Well, that's why Matthew Knights. That's why, like, even when you know the last few <coughs> years when jobs are coming about, I've mentioned his name a bit. Um, he. He didn't succeed at Essendon, but um, no one would have given those circumstances. Mm. Um, and he spent 10, 11 years as um, Chris Scott's right-hand man. So I think, <clears throat> I think you can't ignore him. Mm. You no, just can't really. Can uh, apart from guys that have already coached at senior, uh, yeah, as a senior coach, you've got to look at what's the best of the assistants then, don't you? If if you can yeah. eliminate those guys, and that's, and and that's that's where Matthew hard Knights to come comes by. into the mix. That's where Matthew Knights comes into the mix. I think you've got to look at the teams that have been successful over an extended period, or you know, and by successful, I don't mean winning flags. I mean, mm. you know, perennial top four and top six finishes, and look at those assistants there. Um, and look, that Michael Voss was one of those. Obviously, with his with his days at Port Adelaide before coming to Carlton. Um, Brett Ratton um, spent a bit of time at Hawthorne as well since he got sacked from Carlton. So I, I think that's where you got to go. The, those, so you're probably looking at um, who's the best assistant at teams like Sydney again, Geelong, Melbourne at the moment. Um, who's maybe who's who's um, been surrounded um, by, or who's Justin Longmuir surrounded himself with? Because yeah. let's be honest, Freeman have jumped up the ladder, but let's be honest, it's not just Longmuir, is it? There's obviously a couple of other guys there pulling and, their way. And funny, funny you say that, like um, a lot of St Kilda supporters have whinged at um, Ratton got the extra two years. But to me, if a problem's tactics, it's not the bloody um, senior coach that does the tactics. He's the one that delivers the message. So yep. you look at the assistants before you look at the senior coach. Yep. And to be honest, you'd probably have to look at... Um, maybe a couple of guys that are sitting in the coach's box with Craig McRae as well because mm. um, Collingwood have, well, they've got more wins 
already than you would have thought that they might is have it, had for the whole year. Is this is this is a bit left field? Is it worth um, having a chat a chat to Justin Lepich to um, put his toe in the water again? I don't. No. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on him. But who are the other Richmond assistants? Because uh, they're they're obviously obviously uh, worth their their paycheck. So there's Choco Williams. There's obviously enough guys around. Choc, no, I, was he not involved with GWS early on? Anyway, no, was he? Um, I always thought it was um, Mr. Sheedy, and um, I've, I've got a and, feeling that Choco Williams was involved with them early on as well. No, I wouldn't have thought Sheedy'd need him. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can confirm this at some point or another. But I have a feeling he was. But anyway, I'll um, get on the Google uh, while you bang on about. What uh, on maybe about. Cameron Cam Bruce at Cameron Bruce at Brisbane. Yeah, well, his name's been thrown around before for other jobs. Um, there, there's <coughs> enough candidates out there, but I, I I I don't think you you can rule out guys. That have been sacked before, just because they've been sacked before. You know, I think Voss is um, proving that. Voss, well, not and, just and Ratten, and Ratten, correct? Yep. As well, yeah. I think you're you're always uh, a little bit wiser a second time around, aren't you? Is it is it worth two as well? A bit left, like a lot of uh, um, just for rec- just for the record, he did spend two years at GWS. Well, there you go. Apology accepted. But but he was. Um, uh, I'm not apologising because he was under the greatest coach of all time, Sheedy. Yeah. So there you go. So Adam Kingsley, he's been a, an assistant at um, Richmond for a while. So you'd imagine that if you're sounding out coaches, he would get a very strong look in. Um, but would you? Would it be worth looking at maybe some state league coaches? I know that's a bit outside the box because they want people that have been in the AFL system <coughs> before, but. I think if you look at, at some um, sample or waffle teams that are always at the pointy end of the ladder, um, there's obviously a head coach there that knows how to get results. Yeah, I think... Um, but I, I, I think if I'm GWS, I'm looking at probably Adam Kingsley or Matthew Knights. But at the same time, I don't think they... They took James Hurd um, up there... Um, without good reason as well. So I would, I would actually, no, I would actually think he would, they're, they're would be qu- the front runner. But they've well, been, heard, been quoted. Heard's officially, heard's officially said he doesn't want the job. No, so. and, and I'd also uh, heard. I, I, he said that, but no, no, I've I don't also believe heard, it. No, Woody, I've also heard whispers that um, GWS had no intentions of wanting to consider him for coaching next year anyway. Uh, smoke screens have been put up before. Yeah, I know, but it might also be the reason why um, Herdy's come out and said he's not interested because he knows they're not interested as well. Yeah, potentially, but yeah, I think Kingsley, Kingsley and Knights definitely need a look in. <coughs> All right, so that's probably the easier one of the two. Who's going to coach North Melbourne if they sack uh, the coach? Um, I think the next North Melbourne coach is just going to be a scapegoat anyway. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a young coach. So they don't have to pay a great deal too. Well, who's the who is it? Out the door. Give me a name. Oh, well, they, they, it doesn't matter. They just go an untried coach. Um, probably not someone like Kingsley or 
yeah, uh, like um, that because um, they probably know that there's going to be other opportunities later Robert, on. Robert Harvey's still out there. Um, Robert Harvey's still out there. Jared Schofield at Port Adelaide. Yeah, I think it's guys that, that have been case. overlooked for jobs in previous years that yeah. um, would think, you know what, I'll, I'll take this job because it's available whereas guys like Kingsley can probably afford to sit back another year or two and be a bit more tactful mm. about which jobs they apply for. Okay. All right. So in a nutshell, is Clarko coaching next year, Jeremy? Um, I, look, I don't think so, unless he gets a job that appeals to him. Okay. Um, what he, he, may sit, he may be sitting out again, yeah. Only if the Effenden job becomes available, which is probably a good chance of happening. I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, yeah, that's so, the only job he takes. Yeah, or or he or unless the job, something drastic happens at another club. But right now, the of, other, the, of the jo- jobs that are likely to be available, Effenden yeah. would be the only one. Obviously, we're talking 2024 or something like that, but. I wouldn't mind betting the AFL if he doesn't end up at Essendon. The AFL might have him lined up to try and coach the Tasmanian team. Just to get yeah, feeling. Might, might, um, but he'll get involved one way or another um, to get his toe back in the water before then. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, our last topic of discussion is NFL and the two nuff nuffs for NFL on our panel wanted to talk about the Baker Mayfield trade. Please don't bore us too long and let us know what's what. Oh, look the the NFL the NFL season is it's sneaking up on us, Woody. It's really not that far away. Um, I think we're only about actually we're four weeks away from the Hall of Fame game, which means we're five weeks away from the preseason game, which means we're about nine weeks away from the season kicking off. All right, so yeah, Baker Mayfield, what's going on with him? Well, well, he's got a new home. He's uh, He's been um, booted out of Cleveland and he's landed in Carolina. And I actually think it's a pretty good spot for him. He, um, so, so he makes them instantly better. He, so he's competing with Sam Donald for a spot. He's not competing with Sam Donald for a spot. He's got the starting <laughs> no, job. He's not. So, the Browns, so the Browns got back a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. Yep. So anytime you can trade so, a fifth so round that, pick that and instantly, that's right. Anytime you can give up a fifth round pick to instantly improve your quarterback situation um, and dramatically improve <clears throat> any position, really, if you can give up a fifth round pick to dramatically improve any starting position, you've done yourself a good deal. And what makes it even better is Baker Mayfield was on about seventeen million dollars at the Browns. They're paying $10 million of his salary and he's renegotiated that deal. So he's only on $13.5 million next year. So Carolina are only paying $3.5 million of it. So they've given up so a fifth round pick. they a great deal to get him in. They've given up a fifth round pick and only $3.5 million in their was it salary. A bit late? Was it a bit late to make that trade? Oh, I don't think so. Well, I think from Baker Makefield's perspective, at um, any time there was an offer or so, an so opportunity, you, so asking, you took it. You're asking Baker to come in and grasp a new offense. All right, I'm going right to ask you another question. Was Baker Mayfield ever that bad at Cleveland or was Cleveland that bad and it wouldn't have mattered who was quarterback? Oh, he had good protection, which some QBs don't have. He had good protection, but he had 
he had, um, or even if you go back to his college days, in his last six years of football, he's had six different offensive coordinators. Oh, yeah. So oh, when you're do, saying to do with coaching, when you're saying can he learn a new offense? Well, every year for the last six years, he's had to. But uh, it's at least Stefanski said, "Righto, these are Baker's deficiencies. This is what he's good at. I'm going to keep him around that area." Uh, do you? Let, well, let's not kid ourselves. Baker Mayfield is not a top ten or twelve quarterback in the league, but he could no, fit. He could fit into that fifteen to twenty range. That's good enough to get a team a playoff win. You know, I think I think Carolina's um, Carolina's defense and defense and the, and a couple of things on offense could actually see them compete for that division just quietly. Well, I can too because like they've instantly upgraded at quarterback. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I draw or, I draw I draw a line through Christian McCaffrey. I think. Well, I, I don't think you can because he's that good when he's fit. Um, so if he plays. 12 games, is that enough to get them to um, the playoffs? I don't know. But um, I actually like it. They've got Bobby Anderson and DJ Moore at um, wide receiver as well. So it's not as if Baker Mayfield doesn't have quality targets. And as good as, as good as the names of when when they had it, when when he had them, Otel, Odell and you know, they've got Joku and, uh, yep. and Landry, Landry to throw to. Yep. Um, were Landry and Joku, were they that good? I don't think so. Did did Landry and um, Joku let down Baker Mayfield as much as he let down them? I would think so. Yeah. I think that's, that's a fair statement to make. I think um, Mayfield got a lot more criticism than he probably deserved. And that's a lot to do with the fact that he was the number one pick. Now, he hasn't lived up to the billing of a number one pick. That's fair enough. We know that. But um, is he a capable NFL starter? Yeah, he still Absolutely is. he is. Absolutely he is. So this is why it's such a good deal. Um, and let's not forget, too... Um, They've picked up some good players to um, the Panthers through the draft. Like they got JC Horn, who's probably the best cornerback from last year's draft. So they they've got a good enough defense as well, as which you mentioned earlier. Um, this is a team that could 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 you see them? Could you could you see them sneaking into the seventh spot? Well, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out to be honest. Where did they finish last year? Were they a lot of their troubles last year was Darnold? I think yeah. he he copped a lot of criticism, and I think it was all warranted. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see why. See, look at their division. The Falcons are going to be no good again. Um, I would expect the Falcons to finish bottom there. Um, Tampa, Saints, and, Saints and Buccaneers and the Panthers. Um, they might sort of even themselves out with, in terms of win, wins and losses uh, against each other. Uh, the, Pan- uh, the Panthers, they lost a few close games, just one-score games last year too. Um, so they get a couple more of them. They finished with five wins anyway. They get a oh, couple yeah, of five, those. Five and 12, they could have... Five and 12, they could have... Five and 12, but they could have been... They probably more resembled a seven and 10 or eight and mm. nine team, I would have thought. 
Um, if you check yeah. out the Sam Darnold factor. Gentlemen, gentlemen, just uh, wary of the uh, warning that we had. I believe you two chaps have basically started what our next um, episode will probably be, which will be a preview for the NFL. Look, it's not going to be far off the cards. Um, so what I'm suggesting, due to time commitments, maybe we put a stop to that discussion and continue that on in a specific episode for the NFL um, season. Which Yes, yes, just a, yeah, just no, a teaser. Fair. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wary of the time, and I know you've got off track from Bacon no, Mayfield. No, we've, so. uh, we've answered that we've had uh, <clears throat> the, the pod's been going long well, enough, can, and, we, and can, we've, we've answered the question that you put to us. All right, I'm going to ask and one then more some. question, Jess. <laughs> one, one more question. Um, Bacon Mayfield, touchdowns and interceptions this season. <clears throat> what, what numbers are you looking at? Um. I don't see him. I don't see him going thirty for thirty like uh, James. No, no, definitely not. I honestly, yeah. I, I think thirty, thirty-one and twelve, and I think that would be a very good return. Yeah, I'm t- <laughs> inclined to agree. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. and that gets you to probably an eight nine season. I think they're going to fall just short of that that um, seven spot. But I think about an eight nine season if he can go around 31, 32 <coughs> and. And 12 interceptions. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're pretty accurate <clears throat> there. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll roll with that. All right. Sounds good. Now, um, listeners, uh, we'll put it out to you. If you've actually listened to this podcast, get on our social media and put together some ideas for what next Mount Rushmore you would like us guys to come up with, because we haven't done one of them for a little while. And I'm sure the lads would like to scratch their heads and have a think about something and put together Mount Rushmore. I'm going to throw something out there. Just I'll put, I'll, put this, I'll, put, I'll put this together. I'm, I'm done with the Western <clears throat> Bulldogs. I'm, I'm actually getting annoyed with them. Yeah, they, they may have... Well, we mentioned that their season's over if they lose tonight and they've already lost and it's only quite right. time. Well, that could be a good Mount Rushmore. Try and find four Mount Rushmore Bulldogs. Bloody hard. Um. No, just one that I'm going to throw out there is um, Mount Rushmore of draft busts. Oh, jeez. Richard Tamlin, you're you're, um, up there, buddy boy. And and, and the sport sport can be at the the chooser's discretion. Okay. We might actually throw that out to our social media pages and um, yeah, see so, what people can come up with there. Uh, do you well, want well, you might, well, you let listeners do you know. Do DeAndre what, Russell or can I have him? Uh, can What's we that? maybe do let out? DeAndre Russell or can I have him? No, you can have him. Jer- um, sorry, Woody, uh, what are our social media uh, outlets? Knowing that Instagram's pretty quiet because I'm in charge of it, what are the others? Instagram is very, very quiet. Um well, just search for NPO Sports on Facebook, and we've cracked 150 <coughs> likes on there. So that's going, or that's going okay, or nearly at 150, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and we get most of our interactions on there. So um, usually with AFL and NFL content. So um, we'll keep pumping that out. And, and we and we will be we will be looking at um, the um, bikini mud wrestling too. So put your comments out there, guys. Yeah. Why not? Um, maybe they're the Instagram <coughs> post you can look at. Yeah, maybe. Um, and on Twitter at NPO underscore sport. All right. And um, 
there's also a not that much happens. There's also an email address, Woody. Yeah, there is, and um, it's that quiet. I'm going to have to actually double check. It's MPO Sports at MPO Podcast. MPO Podcast at Gmail dot com. There, there you, go. you go. So if you're that way inclined, we'll even take smoke signals. Whatever way you communicate, send it out to us. We'll get back to you as quick as we can. If Woody's in Facebook jail, it could be myself or Jeremy pretending to be Woody. Um, well, this is why. It's a, this is why it's a team sport. This is why it's a team sport. And you know what? I'm probably due for another another stint, so that may, yeah. may not be far talking, off. Talking about team sport listeners, we need to get Jeremy spending the bucks on a Borussia Mönchengladbach top because yep. two of us have got one and there's a third wheel that doesn't. So and we really actually, need to work on that. Before oh, we do we officially... Well, with, tax, with tax time coming up... Um, you might don't rule it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to make it the official the official recording attire of MPO Sports. Please forgive Um, me for being Bobby Boucher tonight. (laughs) um, Just quickly, um, uh, a topic close to my heart. Nick Kyrgios, can he win it? Can will he win it? Will he? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. He's got a good record against Djokovic. Yeah, Joker's Joker might just be too much. Um, I, for, I hope I'm wrong. For some people, look, I find Nick's behaviour sometimes it's entertaining, but it can be a little bit frustrating at times. But I don't I love like it. I don't like Djokovic, so I'm on um, Curios. So anyway, we've got about three minutes left, and I'm sure um, Jeremy has to go to bed because he's got to work tomorrow. Well, they've, played, they've played twice before those two, and Curios has won them both. So yeah, I, I know he's got. He's probably That's got one of the better all the records. information you need. He's all got one the information of the, you need. He's got one of the best records against um, Jocker. Um, and so, just for you, just a heads up for you two: if Curios does win, I am going to be unapologetically unbearable. And there's every chance with that that he will be banned on social media. So we will... Um, well deal, worth it. Well worth we will, it. We will deal that. Um, he'll probably Get be on mate. the Curios train. Oh, between you and bloody Phil Kimber and your... And, and bro, Shieldy. And, and your bro love, the three of yous. <coughs> all, three oh, of yous you, all three of yous want a gang old um, Curios. But anyway. You, you, uh, you Tim, you, you better wind up before I throw in a parent corner or something. Yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so th- this lovely podcast that you're going to listen to will be edited by our good friend Josh Watson, and he will utilise the velvet tones of Zaggy 2. So listen up and get on the social media. It's bye from me. And bye from me. Bye from me as well. <laughs>